Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean, but we're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button to get all of our South Florida sports content. Also, you get that on FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. The latest article from Craig Davis about the now surging Miami Dolphins. You can check that out on the website. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This one is called Mobile CRM and Staffing Services. It's Mobile CRM and Staffing Services. What they do is they offer CRM services. They rent the CRM equipment on a short and long-term basis to hospital, surgery centers, chiropractic offices, and pain management offices. They service office-based procedures. Also, again, as I mentioned, pain management. You can check them out. Our friend Nelson is the guy to reach. Okay, he is a huge Miami Heat fan, so he's going through it like the rest of you uh, are right now. But mostly, again, he'll get you the C-arm equipment that you need. They'll also send out an x-ray technologist to run the machine. Reach out to Nelson at 561-891-9620. That's 561-891-9620. That's C- dash arm and staffing.com again c as in cat dash arm and staffing.com and now today's episode uh, five on the floor ride for my dogs where here's the thing you can check the score hustle hard couple scars wearing bubble frogs just like brother said you in trouble y'all kept the floor playing got them all banned y'all seen the block stop the one hand and Pat, we trust. It's power have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Marty, this going back on the Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We got the whole crew here because we need a full assessment. Greg Sylvander, you can follow the Greg Sylvander, Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. You can follow at Brady Hawk 305. Also, I do want to mention one brief programming note. Uh, Brady and I will be debuting our new national podcast for Fansided on Monday. Okay, so check that out. It's going to be in all the same podcast feeds that you find this one. Eventually, we're working on it. Uh, but we're basically going to use a similar approach to five on the floor, but go around the NBA. So I can tell you tomorrow, uh, we're going to break down the Lakers and the Cavaliers. I've also got Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo Sports as a guest. It's called The Step Back. That's the name of the podcast. It's separate from the Five Reasons Sports Network. But here, we're just going to focus on the heat. And I did a a hit for Channel 7 today uh, that'll be on at 1130, where I was asked one question. It just seems like the simplest question I ask here. Is it time to panic? Uh, The Miami Heat are 2-5 and coming back from a road trip. They're playing against Golden State, which, as we know, Uh, defending champions, even though they've struggled a little bit this year, but Curry had 33 against the Heat the other night. Then they play Sacramento, second night of a back-to-back. I'm sure there will be plenty of excuses uh, about back-to-backs and all the rest of that, but the Heat just lost to the Kings on the West Coast, and they gave up 70-something points in the first half, something along those lines. And and I think it's reasonable to, to actually ask this question now. They're seven games in. They haven't looked good. They're not the only sort of, I don't know, premium team in the NBA, whether you call the Nets, the Lakers, okay, et cetera, that haven't looked good. But they haven't looked like themselves. And to me, that's the single biggest thing here. And so here's how I answered it, and I'll go around to you guys, and and then we'll get into the specifics of how this might change. I don't think it's time to panic, but I think concern is is warranted at this point. I, I think this is a season that absolutely could trend towards the season from two years ago. 
uh, where they just went through the motions. I, I it, it looks to me like a year that, I don't know, they're not engaged. They're not connected. Uh, they're not competitive. They're not forceful. They are just, they seem to be operating on their own. And we may get into some reasons why that's happening right now. But to me, that's the more bigger issue here than personnel. They lost P.J. Tucker. They didn't lose LeBron James, okay? They're playing most of the same guys they played last year. They made one starting lineup change of significance, other obviously than Caleb for P.J., and that guy they inserted was the sixth man of the year last year. Like, this is not – they did not make wholesale changes, okay? He fans know that, but yet all I'm hearing, Greg, is that, uh, you know, the front office should have known better. That 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 uh, you know that that they're too damn small now. They were playing a six foot five power forward last year. Like I mean, it, it's it's not like the makeup of the roster has changed significantly. They just don't look, frankly, like they like each other sometimes, and they don't look like they give a damn. That's what I'm getting right now. Disposition. This is the word Eric Spolster used in his uh, post game presser, where he was as. Um, as outspoken and matter of fact about the team uh, as I've heard him in quite some time. And um, I think he addressed a lot of stuff, but he talked about the team's disposition and that transcends roster construction. Like I've had a couple people uh, tweet at me that the roster construction is, is really the issue. And yes, there are definitely some things that I think we'll talk about later in this show that the roster needs help with. But if you're looking at, at, if you look at it overall, they brought like we would run it back, right? That's this big theme. Well, that team was then last year's team. So you have to kind of, you've got to get careful with this roster construction because it's not that broken. Okay. I would say 80% of what's going wrong is coming from 20% of the co- of the, the potential causes of whatever the hell is happening. And, but to me, it starts with this team as presently constructed they got to play with max effort and that like that dog. I am going to be absolutely 100% locked in every possession. They have to play like that all the time. They don't have the type of talent where they can just coast and do like what the big three did at times. So if they're not going to lock in in that way, then this is not going to work. So you're absolutely right to be concerned Panic is too strong because panic, you start to get tunnel vision. Everything looks bad. I, it's too early for that. But concern 100% because this starts with the way that they look. Ethan, you're so right. Disposition. But Alex, if they look, they're going to be underdogs uh, Tuesday night at home to Golden State, right? I mean, we would anticipate. Of course. Okay. And look, I, I know that Heat fans will hang in with this team to a certain degree. And they're familiar with this team. They're familiar with these players. It's not like the season that they started 11 and 30 and then went 30 and 11, where it was like a bunch of guys trying to replace Dwayne Wade in the first half of the year. It was completely nondescript. Nobody expected the season to flip the way it did in a positive way, and let alone the heat. Okay. I, I've, I've talked about this a lot. Andy Ellisberg was, was talking to Pat Riley, okay, on a road trip, saying, when I come back on the road trip, let's start talking about what we need to do here because that team was trending t- you know, towards 11 and 30. Then all of a sudden they started winning some games and it was like, okay, we'll keep this thing together. But Alex, I, I can see the, I mean, you see where the fan base is right now. Twitter is not representative of the entire fan base, uh, but it sort of seeps out from that, right? Like, and eventually it starts getting to the casual fans. 
who just start tuning the team out. If they feel like, A, they're not Absolutely. going anywhere this year and they don't care, aren't we in danger of that here? I mean, if they drop these next two games? I think it's already happening for sure. I think there's kind of um, no doubt about it at this point. And although, like, not that I have access to, like, ratings or anything like that, I'm not even really talking about that. I just think as far as fan interest, and I think there's a certain um, chunk of fans that just aren't really tuned in if they don't think the team is a contender. And now when you start off like this, it's like the running it back was already – you know, if you're if you're a, a sort of casual fan or above casual fan, I think running it back and um, losing PJ Tucker, just adding this 19 year old kid who, you know, like you don't really know about if you don't know about bass. It's not like I knew about Nikola Jovic before that he drafted him. Right. But just in general, I think that doesn't excite people. And then when you start off like this, two and five, it just looks very bad. Like some of these losses have just felt like it's um, confirming some of the the real fans' um, worst nightmares. And when I say real fans, I'm not trying to, you know, divide anybody. What I'm saying is people who are very into the heat, no matter what your opinion is on this summer and all of that, all I'm saying is like um, for those people, just in general, all the things that I think you were concerned about, a lot of them have kind of taken place here and there. And although um, maybe like last night on last night's show, I had the lowest – level of i guess panic or concern whatever we, we we dubbed it last night but i like it's grown it's grown for a reason and it's you know maybe five maybe five reasons but no seriously um like a lot of the same stuff that we were worried about you know even when you look through the the lineup data like it's just their depth is awful their front court depth is awful like they're a good team when bama's on the floor any um combo of player you do whether you're talking about one of their four best or their bench player has awful numbers without Bam on the floor and uh, good numbers with Bam on the floor. Just talking about like lineup data. It seems like when he is not on the floor and also, by the way, this, this, this is with Caleb too, right? Like they're worse without Caleb on the floor. They, they, their front court depth has been bad. Their rebounding has been bad and they've been a low key, a top 10 rebounding percentage team for two out of the three seasons before this one. That is absolutely not the case right now. They're in the bottom, I believe, five or six of rebound percentage right now. They're also, you know, they have a similar defensive profile as far as not letting teams get to the rim. Um, and But they're absolutely getting killed at the rim like they had before, but there's just more of them. On top of that, um, they're, you know, just allowing as many threes as they always have, and teams also are killing them, like much higher percentages than they have in the past so you know when their defense is off everything else is off because you know neither one has been good the defense nor the offense but brady here's the thing about the front court depth okay so we say that caleb has played well right like caleb has basically done what they anticipated caleb would play when he's been in there except for the game that he missed right yeah bam is playing well okay maybe not doing everything everybody wants him to do but he's playing well you know when he avoids the foul trouble especially but, I mean, look, they were playing Deadman before. They played Deadman last year. Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean. Planet Persitis? Yeah, but what are, what are we talking about? They've been about? bad ever since he's been out, too, by the way. Well, okay, but let, 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 let me ask this, okay? Like, what are we talking about here? Because it's not like the rotation. I, <laughs> I, this is the thing. Like, it, it hasn't changed that much. It just, it, it, we're, I mean, they just, they basically just. PJ's not in, and they basically shuffled the other guys. Their core guys are playing. 
right? So like, I, 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 that's what I don't get. Like everybody's like, you know, this team is awful now. They were, they were a shot from the finals last year. Like I understand some regression. I understand other teams getting better. I know what Donovan Mitchell's doing in Cleveland. I understand, you know, Milwaukee, you know, is, is seems like a finally two machine now, even without Middleton, but nonetheless, Brady, like they haven't changed that much. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, but I think with certain guys like Dwayne Dedman, when you give that example, like Dwayne Dedman of last year is not Dwayne Dedman of this year. Like those, they're even two completely different players, in my opinion. Just like I think we saw a little bit of decline toward the end, towards the postseason. Uh, and you expected, I guess, to start this season that he'd look kind of like how he did early in last season, because when you have a little bit of an off, off season for an older guy, that usually happens. And obviously, game one, two, three, four, and all the way through, like he did not look great. And then you add in the fact that you're uh, pretty much playing without Omer Yurtsman, who was your other big man option. Uh, you mentioned kind of switching out, the, you know, P.J. Tucker. But they also, obviously, before the, the late, late lifelong injury with Miami, they had an option in Marquise Morris for a minute there. Like, they at least had some front court options, so I guess to a degree that they were to work in, where now it's like, should we, should we put Jamal – is Jamal Keane ready on a two-way contract? Because Caleb Martin was. So I feel like the fact they haven't played him in a regular season game says that they don't really trust him to the, to the, all the way to the degree of a regular season game. Uh, and obviously last year they weren't going to Udonis Haslam as quickly as they have this year. Like that's usually a quick tell for how they feel uh, because if, and the other thing I was talking about last night, because it just clicked in my head as well as the minutes we were talking about, we kept going through the minutes, how they just keep trusting seven guys. If Eric Spolstra believed that this roster construction was had enough depth on it, he would go to more guys and he would go to them longer, but he realizes what he has on the roster. He's trying to win basketball games. So he's cutting down to seven. He's trying to work out the eighth and ninth guy. And I was saying how last year, when you compare it to last year, uh, we were having discussions after games about them going to 10 to 11, like which guy was not going to be in the 10 man rotation. So it's just like totally different. I feel like this year, even though if certain guys, like I believe like Gabe, Caleb, Max, these three guys have gotten much better from last year. There's still, it's just the, the rotation. The front court rotation is just much thinner. Like it really is. And then you add in the fact that bam, you talked about his aggression sometimes feeds into foul trouble. Like it's just the way it is, especially with his offensive aggression. But then it gets to a point where he can't be as a, you don't want him to be as aggressive because then he's going to be out for the next six minutes. Like you're just in a weird spot in general. Uh, and you're been coming back is not going to fix this problem. And like, that's where it comes down to it. I know we're probably gonna have that discussion as well, but that's why I say, I feel like roster construction wise, uh, there isn't panic, but I think there's there's a little bit of a realization of what they need at this point. Like they need front court help, uh, and it's really it's not going to be Yurtsevin been coming in for the amount of minutes and grabbing some boards. That's not going to do it. They have to do some other stuff in terms of defensively. The guy, the perfect kind of fit, and we had this discussion before too. The perfect fit to be able to switch enough to be able to be plugged in different spots that also can rebound because obviously right now it just seems like they don't have that. And the other guy is Haywood Highsmith and. Clearly, they're not going to be going to him again anytime soon, I don't believe. But you know what keeps ringing through my head, though, is the conversation I had with Eric Spolstra in the Bahamas, where he just flat out said, we have a lot of talent. we got a lot of guys who can play. And now here we are seven games into the season, and he doesn't want to play most of them, which does tell you a lot. And I do think they were counting on Oladipo, but... I don't know that Oladipo solves a lot of these problems because I mean, he's, he's not going to help them in the front court, right? He just creates more of a guard glut. So I do think there are things he can affect here, but I don't believe that that's the core issue here. All right. When we come back, 
from the break, I'm going to go rapid fire with these guys. Okay. And we're going to go through some of these potential, well, some of the issues and say that what is the potential fixes? In other words, are they fixable? Are they fixable? Okay. And how quickly before we do though, talking about fixing, this is the absolute perfect sponsor for this water cleanup of Florida. Okay. Water cleanup of Florida. If you've got a water leak, you got to reach out to them. Okay. They can also handle the mold damage and all that stuff in your home or business. They got over 60 years of combined experience. Michael Robert and the team prepare to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak's been located and repaired, Water Clean of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping the busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. Water Cleanup will handle the entire project from start to finish. Check them out at WCUFL. That's WCUFL.com or 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. That's Michael's personal cell phone. You can also follow him on Instagram and Facebook and check out their seventy plus five star reviews on Google. They service Miami Broward, also oh, excuse me, Dade Broward, and also Palm Beach counties. They're based in Boca Raton, but again, they handle the entire tri county area. WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, we're going to do this quickly here. Here's a bit of a challenge for everybody. Let's go. Okay, ready? Number one, the Brady, uh, oh, not the Brady, the Hero Lowry backcourt. Brady, is it fixable? Because it's broken. I, I definitely believe that's fixable, to be honest. Like, I think they're just the offense, once it's fixed, 
a lot of that stuff is kind of plugged in. We're not talking about a lot of the stuff uh, kind of in the zoom out range. I don't know if the point of attack stuff is as fixable. I'll throw that in because the stuff that we saw hunting wise and the fact that uh, people kind of burst by Kyle, if there's at the point of attack, I don't know if that's fixable. The offensive stuff is 100% fixable because Tyler is too talented. Kyle is too good of an off ball player that it just, once they find the right blend, uh, it's a totally different half court discussion, but they have to get to that point because seven games in, we're not at that point, in my opinion, because uh, as Spo went on on that kind of tangent, as Greg was talking about before, he was talking about you can't be having these individual goals and you have to be more about the team and connection. That's what this is, because as much as Kyle has a good quarter, Tyler has a good game overall, like that stuff doesn't matter, really. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Shout out, Alex. At the end of the day, it does not matter because they just have to be better as a team in that starting year. All right, Alex. On the roster right now, the switching issues, okay, where essentially you have Bam nowhere near the basket, other guys getting hammered inside by players eight inches taller than them. Is that fixable with what they have on the team? Oh, man. I, it's fixable in the sense of you can um, adjust the scheme. There's, and I'm, again, I'm a Spo guy. Spo is probably the best coach in the league. I'm not, trying to trash Spo, I always want to make that clear because it's just hard to execute your system. You know, the, the kind of almost more or less the same system you were doing last season and you just don't have the bulk. You know, I, I keep going back to that word because that's what PJ Tucker offered. Right. And it's not all about PJ, but just like when you're constantly, you saw it last night, last night was just the most obvious example. That first half, those soft switches were the reason for almost all of those breakdowns. And there was, of course, some tough shots made. It's not the reason for everything. It's not the only reason they lost last night, of course. But just in general, like, Sabonis was eating. That guy was eating because he had nobody on the floor who could match up to him. And I salute Caleb and Max and guys like that who can guard up. You know, I think Caleb's a little better, for example. Some guys are better than others. Kyle can do some of that, for example. But to ask him to do it all the time, it leaves your margin for error low. And so I think you can adjust the scheme. But... Uh, Lay kind of asked a similar question last night as far as like their, their front court problem. It's not on the roster. You can adjust some of the scheme stuff to maybe, you know, fit your roster a little better. And, and I'm not saying he has it at all, but it's just like it's very hard to do this every night on a night to night basis. And now they've dug themselves in a little hole here with a very deep Eastern Conference, deep NBA in general. So it's just interesting to see, you know, if they're going to throw in a drop a little bit more. We saw them throw in. The, the presses and the zones last night, which I thought were, were interesting and had good to mixed results sometimes. So we, we're going to see Spo get into some of that, I think, because the, the, the holes are there and teams are going out. Sorry for taking off. Greg, this is, to me, the bigger issue. The team's collective attitude, disposition. Um, you and I have talked about this a little sort of off air here, but it feels like this team expected something to happen this offseason, right? Yeah. I mean, that's your information, too. Yeah. Right? No, well, it's the players, I mean. Yes. I, I would say this. I mean, as loud as things got, because this went was national stuff when Kevin Durant put Miami the Miami Heat on the, the list. And you heard Riley say in a previous presser. All we need a guy to do is say he wants to come. I think that like when those two things and people connected that there was an element of, 
an assumption that there was going to be something that materialized maybe by even some of those players. And then you hear Donovan Mitchell on a podcast talking about, I was down there playing with Bam. And I thought that this was like the essentially like us getting runs together before we ended up teaming up. And um, so at that point, you think probably Bam was having similar thoughts because, you know, they're there together. So to me, I just have a feeling that these guys didn't necessarily expect the same group to be back. And so when they came back, it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's like not what they expected one and two, they're having to get up for it. And like, kind of, um, it's just that level of energy when like, Jimmy came and there was a buzz. Mm-hmm. Kyle came and there was a buzz. Like there's just certain elements of that that are missing. And I don't know that they're going to be able to solve it. There's things like also Kyle and Tyler in the backcourt, Tyler in the starting lineup, like how they're going to make this work. It's just, it's a very delicate scenario. And I think that more losing could make things get louder. So it's just, to me, the bad vibes are hard to just to just like say, and eh, that's that that's stuff you can't quantify. I think it's real. I think that any team that gets as far as the Heat did last year and gets as close but doesn't get the payoff, there's gonna be a malaise the next year. There just is. I mean, you, you react to that one of two ways. Either you get hungrier, right? Because you think you can win a championship, or you get frustrated that you got to go start at the beginning again. And it feels like this team has done the latter. And it feels like the same as two seasons ago, which we talked about on the running it back pods. And that's why some teams have shakeups, even when they get reasonably close. We saw the heat. We saw Riley do it in 2005. We've talked about that one a lot where he made wholesale changes, even though that team probably wins a championship. If Dwayne doesn't pull a rib cage muscle, he changed the mix. Okay. It didn't work at first. Okay. We were having a lot of questions and that's something that I want to talk about here as we close. Okay is that heat seasons have started worse than this, okay? Heat seasons that ended up being very successful, all right? I mean, the 9-8 and eight season felt worse than this, okay? And I'm talking about 2010, 2011, because of all the noise and the pressure and everything that was going on in the first year of the Big Three. That team didn't win a championship. They did roll off, what was it, 21 out of 22 at one point and went to the NBA Finals, okay? I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team, but I'm saying we have seen teams turn around. The Heat, I believe, were what a game over 500 when uh, when Riley replaced Stan in the 2005 yeah. 2006 season, right? Pat kind of timed that well. I'm, I'd say he timed it. There was a lot of factors that went into it. It was timed well because Shaq was returning, and then they ended up kind of getting on a run after that. That team ended up winning a championship. Okay, so it, it wouldn't be the first time that they figured things out. And of course, 11 and 30 ended up 41 and 41, and nearly a playoff appearance. And and 0304, they started, yes. I think, 0 and 7. They were 0 and 7, and I was actually covering that team, and they were being talked about as one of the worst teams in NBA history through seven games. So I, I do want to pull back a little bit, but at the same time, and I do want to mention one more sponsor, and then we'll close here. Go to Prize Picks. Use that code five F I V E. If the Heat lose, you can still win. That's my new philosophy on this. Okay, so use the code five F I V E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. But I, 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 so I think there's a little of both here. I think there's a feeling that, okay, you have a coach who's figured things out before. The team that went to the second round and lost in seven games to Toronto that might have gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals if not for injuries, right, against Cleveland, that team was only two games over 500 at the All-Star break. When Chris Bosh was playing, they went on a run in the second half. So I just want to caution people a little bit that way. 
But at the same time, I'm with you guys on this. Some of these issues are real. Okay. The team's competitive character is not there so far this season. Not like we're used to seeing it. Okay. That's more intangible, but you can just sense it. They don't look right. Okay. They don't look like they're all on the same page. All right. The rebounding issue is not going to go away. Not with the current roster. It's just not. The switching issue, in my view, is not going to go away. Not with the current roster. Alex, you mentioned this once. I do want to mention it, that they've been transition, right? They've been pretty good on offense, right? Well, in general, I just, this is something I found while looking up stats here, uh, you know, on defense transition, they've been bad. Teams are getting out in transition versus them and are scoring efficiently in transition versus the heat because we've talked about this before. Um, they're trying to gang rebound. And so that takes away a little bit less when you're trying to get back out of transition. You can't do both things at the same time. If more guys are out there trying to get to gang rebound, like you see Tyler getting these big rebound games, that's a point him out only. It's not just him because everybody's trying to play above their size. It's hard to also get back in transition while doing that. And then on top of that, on offense, the, the one thing that I wasn't really expecting to see is that um, their transition offensive rating has not been good. It's been very bad. Um, but more surprising, the actual surprising thing is that they've gotten out in transition the fourth most when you just talk about frequency percentage per uh, cleaning the glass. So, like, they're actually doing a lot better job this season getting out in transition, even though their overall pace is still in the bottom five or six of the league. But they're not doing a good job um, actually converting on those. Also, their offensive shooting profile is a little bit different from last year they're taking more mid-range shots and less threes and i just uh confirmed that we're looking that up i think was it spo who was saying something about that last night um so that turns out to be true their rim rate is still in the bottom 10 in the league and so you know that is just not exactly pointing in the right direction and they're also not converting they're just not playing at a high level on offense and usually their defense is the base and that's not really the case at all they're almost in the bottom 10 in defensive rating all of these things point to one thing. They're not getting to their identity in any way. Any way that Eric Spolcher mm -hmm. wants them to get to an identity, they're not. And so I'll close with this here. Pat Riley has consistently said that 20 games is the tell. We knew this was going to be a difficult early stretch, but none of I can tell you, okay, none of them in the front office think they would start like this. Okay? None of them. All right? And there's a big difference between starting 11 and nine or starting 10 and 10, where you can still surge from there and get a reasonable seed in this conference and starting seven and 13 or eight and 12 with a roster that includes Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They don't have a ton of flexibility here at the moment. They still have contracts. They can't trade until the middle of December or the middle of January. It limits them. People are just going to start calling for something to happen so more likely what's going to happen is rotation changes, rotation shakeups, scheme changes. They will try that kind of stuff up until they have those contracts to trade. But I can guarantee this at this point, okay, that if they get to that point, and it's about 20 games in mid-December, right? A little bit, but it's, we're getting close, okay, in that area. If they get about there and they are four, five, six games under 500, they will blow up the rest around Jimmy and Bam. I, I believe that. Okay. I, I, I think they will do. And again, with Tyler, they can't, right. But they'll shop Kyle if they have to. Okay. And I agree. I, right. I, they, that, that, that'll, that'll be the move they try to make. And I don't know that it's a feasible move. I really don't. Um, I, but that is something that they will, will definitely look at. So my take on it, panic scale, just give me a number guys, Brady panic scale with the heat one to 10 higher is more panic. You are. Well, I said six last night, so I'll just stay with six. Okay. 
Greg? Seven to match Kyle's jersey number. Alex? Uh, I said 4.5 last night, so I'm going <laughs> to try to, you Just know. the Richter scale? You, yeah, exactly. Give you a better answer. I'm just going to say five. Uh, I'll say five, but I'm trending towards six. Um, same, same, honestly. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's already moved since last I, night. I, I'll, I'll say this. If they lose Wednesday, Tuesday night is not a panic situation, okay, unless they get blown off the floor. If they lose Wednesday yeah. night, they get swept by Sacramento in the span of less than a week, put me at nine and a half. All right, for Greg, for Brady, for Alex, for our sponsors, prize picks, of course, c-armandstaffing.com and also water cleanup. The Heat got some schmutz. We'll find we out if they have got some the guts. guts. Yeah, yeah, we kind of do. Not so much right now. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a new topic. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.